Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on Nerdy Talk do not reflect those of Anime Herald. Due to strong language, listener discretion is advised. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Nerdy Talk. The podcast is putting otaku back into Otakon. I'm Mike Ferreira, and I'm joined by L.B. Bryant, Lady Rivers, and Anthony Simpson. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? Okay on my end. Doing alright. I'm pretty excited about the news that came out in the past couple weeks. You and me both. Um, but before we get into that, I'd like to just offer a few words to Anime News Network. Um, I'm not sure if any of you out there have been following, but Anime News Network was taken down by a major cyber attack. Uh, on August 7th, the site went down after they were successfully hit by a social engineering attack. Uh, their domain name's been basically stripped away, and uh, this, the main domain's been basically replaced by this one-pager website with a fairly profane rap track rolling in the background. So, I mean, we definitely had some friends there, and we want to wish everyone there the very best before um, and recovering from this, because this really friggin' sucks. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of shitty that basically they got hacked by, you know, because um, uh, the guy that runs in and he basically posted what happened, and basically somebody basically um, social engineered that hack with their... And it's basically a customer service representative didn't do their damn job, and that's long and short of how they got hacked. It's it's shitty. I mean, I, I wish them the be- you know I wish them the best, and they're able to get. Uh, I mean, I know they're up on a temporary, you know, domain. Um, I do you know wish them the best, and they get um, AnimeNewsNetwork.com back up and running in the fu- in near future. Yeah, you guys, make sure you take breaks between your caffeine fueled raids. It is unfortunate, though. I mean, honestly, they raced, they basically got rat-fucked on this one. Um, and something like this, especially working with ICANN records, it is incredibly hard to just to recover from that, just because you're not dealing with one person. You're dealing with the, basically a giant international organization that regulates these names and stuff like that. So this can take anywhere from a couple weeks to up to a year. So I'm hoping it's closer to the former than the latter. Yeah, uh, the other thing too, um, I, I think we should mention, although this doesn't really so much affect the site. Um, well, their Twitter handle was hijacked, but they got that back. Mm. Um, Zach Birchy, the editor in chief, he wasn't as lucky um, because his wasn't considered part of the business and he lost his Twitter account. Yeah. Because so- someone hacked and posted a bunch of violent messages, though he was then just started side. He's like, ah, fuck it, I'll just start another one. Hmm. Definitely, yeah. Um, this definitely reached a lot further than just the site. I mean, it hit their social media, it hit anything that they could, these people could reach, which it's greatly unfortunate. The biggest loss to them, though, will probably be the, honestly, um, while they are taking an SEO hit because uh, all their incoming links just went bye-bye, um, <clears throat> the biggest loss is probably the, the email domains because whoever controls that domain now controls the emails, which means they can 
literally access anything coming in, which that's frightening when you consider the nature of some of the conversations coming in, you know? Yeah, that that's definitely a big... You know, with the email, you're right, That that's definitely a big hit with... You know, there are... Because they're not just some little, you know, mom-and-pop anime blog website. I mean, they're a major web... They're a major anime website, you know, and they're dealing with, you know, people within the industry on both sides of the Pacific. And, and also, you're, you know, Europe and England, too, so, or Europe also. So, I mean, it is a... It's a... It is a shit deal that this happened. I just hope, you know, in the future they're able to get these all taken care of and, you know, somewhat back to running normal running order. Fully agreed. Fully agreed. Um, yeah, definitely we all wish them the very best in getting back on their feet. Anyway. Uh, on to other news this week. Um, probably the biggest story that came about this month has been uh, Sony Pictures acquiring the the uh, controlling stake in Funimation. Um, I know this is technically July, but it's close enough. Um, on July 31st, uh, Sony Pictures announced that they're going to be buying 95% of Funimation for $143 million. Uh, Gen Fukunaga is going to keep his position as CEO, and he's going to retain that remaining 5%. Um, but uh, as of right now, it's looked, while it's just to clear, you know, the due diligence, regulatory approvals, things like that, it looks like it's going to sail through with Funimation valued at $150 million. Uh, and, yeah, this is huge. Um, I mean, this is a this is a landscape-shifting sh- event, if you can uh, uh, if you can think of it. Because, let's be honest, Funimation is, without a doubt, one of the biggest players out there. I think this is the piece of news that I'm most excited about. Yeah, and it's, it was kind of a... Sh- well, okay, so let, let's kind of go back a little bit. So, um, a few months ago, we learned... Uh, I can't remember when exactly, but we learned that there were two companies interested in buying Funimation, Sony uh, you know, Sony and Universal. Obviously, it seems Sony obviously decided to buy them. Now, uh, let's do a little bit of media landscape here. Uh, kind of, I think, at least how we got to this point. So... Uh, to make this apples and apples, I'm only going to talk about physical media in the realm of movies and television releases. I'm not going to talk about video games or books or music since that's not relevant here. So over the last few years, physical media more or less as a whole has been down. Except there's one area of physical media that's been up, and that's anime releases in terms of sales. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been... and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how much of this has to do with simply... You know, anime becoming more mainstream, or anime becoming more accessible, or simply just the collector's mentality of anime fans. But their sales have rent, their sales have gone up while other stuff has gone down. Now, over the last few years, over, well, I would say, really over the last few years, we've sort of seen a change. We've been seeing a change in the anime market. Um, 
I'm going to bring this up because this this was actually now it's not too long after that. Um, you know, Netflix has sort of been kind of getting over the last few years had been getting stuff. They were just getting maybe one or two shows a season, and then the season after the finish air they air the whole thing. Um, now we know that they're start they're going to be. I think they announced like eight shows they're going to be licensed. They're going to be helped produce. Um, one of them is, uh, for example, is a Saint Seiya remake which I'm actually kind of excited for. Um, but now they're starting to, you know, push more into the anime market doing, you know, these co-productions. Um, Crunchyroll recently announced they're going to be doing more, get involved with co-productions. Um, of course, now we have Amazon with Amazon, you know, Anime Strike, Warts and all, you know, they're involved in it and they got a lot of money. Um, you know, Funimation sort of got, you know, they got the co-productions with Dimension W, um, but we're starting to see the landscape change. Mm. Um, you know, right, I, and I just mentioned we have Amazon and Netflix, two companies that have, a, you know, a lot of money are getting in the market. And in terms of bidding contracts, it's, while it's helping get, you know, these shows out there, um, it's coming to problem because it's rising the cost of what <clears throat> is to license these shows. Mm. And if it just went pound for pound in terms of money, uh, you know, Funimation, Sentai, Discotech and these other companies, they just they just can't compete. Well, no, not so much Sentai because they're sub-licensed stuff from anime, so look, kind of take them out of the equation, but you know, everybody that's left really can't compete with those companies in terms of money because if it just comes down to light, to if it just comes down to a bidding war, Amazon and Netflix are just going to win all the time because they got more money. You know, they got more money than all the other comp anime companies combined here in North. So... You know them having that funds you know gives them a massive advantage so that goes back down bringing us back to Funimation they've been around for 23 years you know they survived and when the bubble burst in 2008 they survived you know ADV didn't survive yes I know they exist to section 23 but ADV didn't exist or they ceased to be you know Genion went you know went away uh, CPM went away. Uh, okay, a few years later, Bondi closed shop, although that was for other reasons. But they they left. Um, you know, but Funimation's you know still around. The Zomi's still around, and somehow I don't know how they're still around. Media Blaster still sort of exists. Whatever the, you know, whatever they're doing now, they're sort of still existing. Um, so obviously they had a good you know Funimation was in a good financial state to survive that, and. Obviously, they're still in a good financial position now, with you know doing all these you know doing all these simul dubs every season. You know, if from what I've heard from people that work there, at least the actors, they're at least from or I've heard secondhand, um, all eight or nine of their dub suit, their series that they have, the dubbing, they're eventually doing double shifts. You know, they're doing a day, you know, morning slash day shift and a night shift to record all these shows. So financially speaking, I'd say they were in a very good position. Um, that's... That, said, that said um, you know we are right now in another bubble with obviously the, the cost of licensing these shows is increasing and again going back to it with Netflix and you know Amazon beta. and of course last year uh, you know Crunchyroll and Funimation started a partnership to sort of take on you know with Amazon to deal with their you know gargantuan you know, amounts of money I don't know. I kind of feel like they were hitting a wall. 
to be honest. Uh, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's evidenced by um, their, you know, they're lagging behind actually delivering digital content. Um, and, uh, you know, even as simple things as account managements, uh, they they couldn't handle, they weren't handling the technical aspects very well at all. Uh, are, are we talking about Amazon or Funimation here? Because I want to make Funimation. sure. Funimation. Oh. You're kind uh, of wandering around all there. We're going back to Funimation for yeah. a second. Okay. Um, and no, no company's perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, they've all, they all make mistakes. Um, I know they have been, um, I mean, obviously they got new, you know, their new service that they rolled out um, using Sony's products. Um, you know, and of course the the, the CR partnership, the Crunchyroll partnership. Um, right. They, I, I feel like they kind of reached the end of their um, their rope with what they could do with possibly. what they had. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you think, Mike? Uh, personally, sorry, I've been just kind of letting us all play out between you two. Um, <clears throat> Honestly, I think Funimation saw the writing on a wall. I mean, yeah. at this point, like Anthony said, we are smack in the middle of the bubble. We, we've got licenses going, license costs going through the roof. We've got uh, Amazon literally buying up entire programming blocks for undetermined periods of time. I mean, they have Noida Mina. They have, um, what was the other one? Animeism, was it? Uh, I forget what the other yeah, one was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. But they're buying entire programming blocks for what seems like indefinite periods. So, I mean, this is a company that we're going up against Netflix, who is basically putting in for some of the must-haves over the next couple of years. You have Devil May Cry, baby. You've got Baki. You've got uh, the original stuff. I think it's uh, like Project B or something like that, or anyway. But, I mean, you've got that financial might of two multi-billion dollar organizations that are bearing down. And at this point, Funimation... I can definitely see Gen Fukunaga seeing the writing on a wall because let's be honest. I mean, at this point, they are not going. They are. They've been through this before. They've seen the song and dance happen. So. They've already done what they yeah. could do, and they it, needed to. Ex yeah, exactly. Forces to do more. Exactly. They needed the help of someone much larger and more powerful just to stay in the game at this point. I mean, I can see the Crunchyroll partnership as kind of a first step toward that. Possibly something. I mean, this is all speculative, mind you. Um, just a disclaimer, this is all speculative. I don't have any entire knowledge. But anyway, I, I could see crunch, the Funny Crunchy partnership is kind of the first attempt at making some sort of a bellwork like this, some sort of way to get through this oncoming storm and come out at least somewhat alive, you know? I mean, because when his bubble bursts... It's there are going to be very few survivors. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Netflix wasn't getting a lot more involved until recently. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I think we all pretty much guess the only reason why that, well, the partnership is they saw the right on the. I thought wall. they were sliding until their most mm. recent announcement. But um, there, I, I'd say we, the partnership really, I'd say started really was more of a way to deal with Amazon at mm. first. Absolutely. I mean, because, I mean, Netflix, I mean, they got stuff, but it was just, like, one or two shows, mm -hmm. and they didn't even air in the season that they showed, and they always aired the next season. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's something with anime they're going to stick with. Uh, 
or if they're gonna go start doing like what everyone else does and start putting stuff out as it airs i don't know i don't see him simulcasting just because this is a format that works for him um, well uh, well let me okay i well let me rephrase it in here in north america because i know in yeah. japan some of the stuff they have they do simulcast oh yeah because they because they do uh they do weekly broadcast in america too i mean chelsea Handler has a weekly tv show and letterman's yeah. getting one so I mean, it's it's definitely not a matter of whether they can do it. It's a matter of whether they want to do it more than anything. I else. don't think they're gonna have. I no. think eventually they're gonna have to. Uh, I'm I'm inclined to say we'll wait and see because yeah. Um, at this point, it's clear that they're not comfortable putting out something without a dub attached. Um, Little yeah. Witch, Little Witch Academia. We waited until the first season was dubbed. Um, Violet Evergarden. We're waiting for the first season to be dubbed. Uh. Let's see what else have we got. The well, the same nice thing with like night. Yeah, yeah let's take both seasons of that. Nice. I don't know how it's going to work with their upcoming stuff if they're going to do the mm. same thing. Uh, uh, I'd say it's pretty safe to say that they're going to be doing that for the foreseeable future. Because yeah, the problem is, in, especially in North America, I'm saying this specifically for North America, uh, they have the reputation of being the binge company. I mean, yeah. they put something mm-hmm. up so you can watch through it all and get in, you know, which works great to an extent but for anime fans it just pisses them off um yeah because a lot of people like i like i know a lot of people just go turn around to get their stuff now yeah. i don't i wait if it's something i want to watch i'll just wait till it's out oh yeah i mean but all the casual anime fans i know prefer to binge right uh, i mean again some some shows do work a lot better in binge format right um and that's that varies on the show i honestly i think that this would work a lot better for them if they're a bit more upfront about it instead of you know basically pretending it basically pretending like these shows don't exist until they're ready to release them. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't forget they're also they also weren't saying anything about Lewitch Academia like at all. That's true. And Which I think is a mistake. Never mind. And then fa- suddenly. Never mind the fact that the entire social media channels. Um, I'm not sure who you guys follow, but let's be honest. When that show was on the air, every week you had gist from the from each episode and. It, it was clear that people were getting their stuff elsewhere. And the fact they don't even address it, the fact they just... It, it's almost a sense of arrogance in a way. They're distributing stuff that... It, it it goes up a lot of people's asses the wrong way. Yeah, Amazon sort of that way, I think, also, first. I don't know mm-hmm. about now since I don't use, I don't use this anime strike because I won't. Um, that... Because they're terrible? Because they <laughs> can't even program their subtitles to be in sync with the audio? Yeah, or they... Or... Or like when um, Pony Cane USA calls it anime strike instead of anime strike. Yeah. Well, that'd yeah. be fair. Anybody can make that mistake. But mm, I can see if it was anime stroke because I and the O were right next to each other. But mm. that's, that's another that's another story for another time. Um, eh, it's a typo. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I, but it, it's just that's the thing I don't get with Amazon now is they got all the money. Okay. Mm. They got a shit ton of money to play with. They can put stuff in advertise. They can advertise a little bit and say, "Hey, like on their main page, it's like streaming stuff. Hey, watch this show." I just wish they would decouple it from having a prime thing, and you'd have two separate. Mm. Well, I I think I brought this up last time, and this is again a disclaimer. This is not my view. This is from people I've talked with. Please don't sue us, Amazon. This is something that again, um, it's from people I've talked to, people I've had discussions with, people I have worked with, or do work at Amazon. 
Amazon doesn't give a fuck about anime fans. Let's be honest. This is literally just a funnel for Prime subscriptions. Yeah. I, it's pretty obvious just from watching their mm. stuff. Yeah, because like, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, and it's like, I go back to, they have the money. They have the money yeah. to have the best platform. Oh, yeah. They have the money to have the best sub service. Yet, they don't. And I think that's what frustrates me so much, is that they have all this stuff, but then they just say, eh, fuck it, we're not gonna... Exactly. They, they have the content... They have the stuff people want. I mean, they have shows that the people... The channel's an afterthought. Exactly. An afterthought. Exactly. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, well, it... well, the good thing is the stuff, the stuff goes on H... on High Dive or whatever... Whatever, whatever it's called the, that Sentai has. At least it goes up there after, sometime afterwards, mm. so... Yeah, I mean... it. It's just a crying shame, because honestly, like... They, they get stuff that people want. I mean... They have shows that people... That I would be... Grabbing people, putting them in front of the screen, and saying, "Watch this." They get stuff like "Welcome to the Ballroom." They get anonymous noise. They get scum's wish. They get dive. They get these grade A, fantastic shows, and no one watches them because it's on Anime Strike. Um, or they just call the alternative routes to watch it. Well, yeah, uh, I'm I'm being I'm being a little naive. Here. Let's be honest. People watch and they just go yo ho yo ho because yeah. yeah, let's be honest. So. Um, which uh, yeah, you know some uh, before before take taking no dame. Uh, that was not licensed until last year in the U.S. I think, mm-hmm. and so people in North America had to go yo ho yo ho, and the fan subs for no dame were really well done mm. from what I hear. <clears throat> and then so I go to check it out once Amazon finally added it to their catalog and yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's and sh- that's just, just through, you know, the the desyncing issues and uh, them not translating background text with overlays and mm. etc. Yeah. Not advertising their titles. Obviously, we could gripe about them over and over and over again because we have. Oh yeah, we, this is this beca- this has become kind of a regular point of contention for <laughs> us. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, Nodana Cannibal uh, is a wonderful show. It's a fantastic series, um, and yeah, I highly recommend people watch it. But it's just not subtitled well under their banner banner either. I mean, and I say this coming from. Uh, yeah, that was one of the last of the. Was it? No, uh, this was the fan sub back then was quite literally labor of love. I mean, that was a great version. I mean, I'm not trying to advertise a pirated version, but uh, they did a good job. <laughs> and to go from that to Amazon felt like a downgrade. Either that or wasn't it licensed in Australia? Use I, I, their subtitles. Yep, it was licensed in uh, Australia. Yeah, Man Man has it, doesn't they? Don't they? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was we're, we're way off topic now. What we're what are we actually supposed to be talking about? Um, we were talking about Funimation being bought by Sony, but I think we kind of beat oh, that yes. one to. I, I'm not sure if we beat that one to the ground just yet. 
I don't have a sense of trepidation about it. I have a sense of excitement. No, because we got we kind of went off track with other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to kind of give my thoughts on this one. So there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to be concerned about. So I'm going to kind of talk about what I'm hoping, hoping happens. And then I'm going to talk about my concerns. So the biggest thing I see, at least the biggest plus, is obviously it's more money. Uh, you know, they're going to have Sony money. Mm. So that means that they're going to be able to, you know, go a little more pound for pound with Amazon Netflix in terms of licensing. Maybe, dare I say, better directing for their dubs? Uh, I, I think they got good direction, although mm. um, Christopher Bevins is leaving, which is kind of sad. Well, maybe it's not so much the talent that's the issue is the, uh, again, the time equals money thing. Uh, it would be nice, I think. Possibly, but we'll... Mm. Um, so other thing with more money, also not necessarily just also is getting more licensed, um, more infrastructure stuff. So that mm. means, um, you know, better, you know, more mm. access for servers. Um, you know, I know they are working on improving their new streaming apps, so they're working on that. But um, another thing might be in terms of infrastructure is the is some of the releases. Um, you know, maybe we can start to see the... They are. I know they do sort of the ultra premium sets occasionally, but having more money means maybe that's something they might be able to do, um, you know, more of for some shows. Um, another thing I see possibly as a positive is they're getting their films out more, more wide, mm -hmm. um, dispersed in terms of theaters. Because mm -hmm. um, you know they're getting their anime films are now starting to be more. I'd say getting starting to get a more widespread. Release, you know, release in you know theaters here in the United States and Canada, um, because Sony, um, the TV version I bought is a, a subsidiary of Sony Pictures, so possibly that means uh, we could start to see maybe more of the more of the films that Funimation license. Uh, you know, possibly we could see that more on the on the big screen. You know, more you know more wide you know more widespread releases instead of just like you know one night only here in this city or. You know, a weekend showing here. You know, you get to see a more maybe not like you know week after week after week run like the Hollywood films. I know like the Hollywood blockbusters are, uh, but possibly get to see more. Um, you know, more, more widespread release. Um, Can I interject so, for a sec too? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'd also say Sony's money helps on the film end because this is something where um, they can. I'm gonna just kind of go off on a small tangent here. Um, does anyone remember that uh, your name? How it basically got snubbed at the Oscars and all that? Yeah. Um, well, let's be honest. Half of the Oscar nomination process is political. Um, yeah, it's just and, old white guys. And let's be honest. Uh, Sony Pictures would be able to help by putting out a proper for your consideration campaign. Yeah. They'd be able to grease the right palms, get those nominations where they need to be. So that would increase now, visibility and increase money coming in. If, if now, I, now I, I say comments about old white men being a 32-year-old <laughs> white man myself. So. Um, uh, so the other big thing was, and I think Justice of Vegas brought this out, is um, getting access to do co-productions. Um, a few years ago, Lance Haskell, after he left Funimation, I think when, I don't know if he was on his own or he was working for Tursi at the time, or he still does, um, he made a comment right around when Dimension W got announced, saying that you're probably going to see, um, you know, Copras are kind of going to be the thing with as a result of these rising uh, mm. licensing costs. And we now also, a couple 
wasn't too long ago, Crunchyroll announced they're going to be getting more involved um, with co-productions. Um, but having, you know, Sony sort of own you as a way, you know, as, as a, you know, as a major majority stake owner, you know, say Funimation wants to do more co-productions, well, Sony, that, Sony can open a lot of doors, you know, maybe where they try before and they say, hey, you know, we want to co-pro this, you know, an anime company might be, or, you know, somebody over in Japan might be like, eh, no, I don't think so, you know, they're a bit um, hesitant on it. Now having, you know, Sony sort of being, you know, they have Sony money and also Sony connections, that might mean getting that foot in that door might be a hell of a lot easier. Um, so, now that I talk about things I'm really excited about, let's talk about some worrying things. So, the big one I'm worried about is, uh, let's say something happens, uh, Funimation doesn't do well, and Sony says, ah, fuck it, we're closing you down. You know, so that, that could be, you know, that's a thing mm. that could happen. Um, the other thing possibly is, um, I see could be, is some stuff with the production end. Um, because we know we've sort of seen when Hollywood does, except Sans Disney, in some cases, um, does with deals with some stuff with anime produ- uh, license releases. It's not always great. Mm. Um, so you know, there's concern that Sony might say, "Funimation people, get the fuck out. We're putting our people." Mm. Um, the other concern I see them is is that possibly they just get rid of you know the people running Funimation. They put a whole bunch of new people in, and it just goes down, goes down the shitter. Um, so I'm a bit. I had to sort of agree with Lydia that they kind of did, and I also had to agree with you too, Mike, that they saw the writing on the wall because again, Fukunaga is not stupid. Mm. Um, you know, he he's run this baby for twenty something. You know, this is his baby. He's ran for twenty three years. You know, he he's been in this business long enough to know. You know what's going on, and they already survived the bubble once. Could, you know, could they have survived it a second time? Possibly. Maybe they may not come out as you know in great position if they say mm. the second next one happens. Um, but I think this is a way to hedge them that when it does happen, that they'll have you know something to keep them from you know staying alive, as opposed to going, oh, Funimation cease to exist. Oh, you know, and then we lose them. Mm. So I'm I'm kind of, and again, we should also stay tuned. It still has to go through the regulatory process, mm. but. Um. Oh yeah. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm. Best case scenario is that Sony just sort of lets Funimation. And from what we've seen, which is just mostly a bunch of legalese, they said nothing's changing. Um, uh, disclosure here: not that I work for Sony or own Sony stock or do anything for Funimation. Um, I can kind of get my own experience with some things. Um, I've been with the company. I work now for about um, eleven years now, and I've gone through. We've gone through at least when I well, when I started there, they were going through the process of they were already going through the name change process, being bought out, and since then they've been bought out three other times. And they were right when they said we were told nothing's going to change, at least from at least the standpoint of, you know, we're not getting rid of people except maybe you know, just some people at the top mm-hmm. stuff, the executive stuff, which same thing happened here with Funimation, some executive stuff changed hands, which is normal with any. That's normal with buyouts because that happens. Um, so at least, for at least from my experience, I can say that sometimes that's true because nothing's happened. Now, in this case, it's—I mean, it's just—it's a PR release. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just going to say that. Now, 
do I think nothing's going to happen? Best case scenario, I hope that's true. You know, I hope that they, you know, they don't sort of let them, you know, Sony doesn't get too a little too handsy with them. Because, I mean, they know what they're, Funimation knows what they're doing. They've been around for a long they know how this. They know how this industry works. Um, you know, worst case scenario, like I said, they shut them down, or they just Sony takes over and it turns it to shit. So that that's my two cents on the on this subject. I'd probably say the worst case scenario is actually not quite them shutting down, but more the talent bleed if things change too much. Because, I mean. There are a lot of people that work behind the scenes that we don't even think about. The people that are getting a deal signed, making negotiations with Japanese entities, yeah. things like that. I mean, that's probably your most valuable entity in a company that's working strictly in foreign imports. I mean, yeah, uh, which I want to kind of interject on that a bit. Um, if anyone hasn't checked it out, uh, there's a, a extra that Funimation put out with uh, when they released Attack on Titan, which kind of gets, which I actually really applaud them for, um, though it mostly deals with. Attack on Titan deals with some other stuff. It deals with some of the back end stuff you don't see. Um, they deal with this guy named Andrew. I forget his last name, but he is the guy that basically he takes the checks to Japan when they when they license something. You know, so he kind of went on the whole process of how they license, um, you know, how stuff because he's because he's like, well, you know, I see everything that comes across my area that gets released. Oh, it's going to be released. Uh, it, it's an extra they had on their thing. I don't know if it's on their website. Oh, oh, well, wasn't it well, an article? Okay. No, it was actual. It was on the uh, their one of their tag. I think it was on one of their release. It was on their Attack on Titan release. Oh, it was a, it was a DVD extra. Yeah, okay. it's, 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 I recommend anyone watch it because it really gets it. Not like they don't go in like contract, but it goes into him talking about um, like you know he's like I see forty you know. I look at 40 shows a season, you know, I see everything that comes out, I see like, you know, the, the early bits of the stuff comes across my desk. You know, so it goes into that, it talks about, um, the, um, it talks a bit about like the translation thing, like they have like one full-time person and then they just freelance. Um, and then Jay basically, when the freelance person comes on, they sort of tell them, okay, this is what you're working on. Um, so it goes into that. It goes into about the scripting, the turn, you know, the turnaround and doing the script. So it's a lot of, and then it was some other back end people, which I thought was a really nice thing that they did because we, you know, we usually think of oh, when you think of release, it's you know the director and and you know the direction stuff and then the voice actors, um, but you don't really, you know, the people behind the scenes, it's not something you see too much of. And I think that was just a really nice touch they put on to kind of give you a little bit kind of behind the curtain of like okay sort of here's how things you know again not getting into you know too much detail here's how things work and deciding on that content which you like so much is another is another example of talent that could bleed yeah yeah well i mean too it's it's different now with streaming because even i think um just the rawest mentioned this he mentioned this at their um uh, he mentioned this at one of the, I think, at Anime Ball ago at their 20th anniversary panel, where it's changed a lot because it used to be before the streaming was a big thing. You know, they had they got to see stuff after it was done. Now that's not the case. Now it's you license something and go, well, hope it's good. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, quite honestly, I I was hearing that stuff in the early 2000s. I mean, uh, back in the early days of. 
Anime Boston or um, some of my first Otakons, David Williams used to talk like that. I mean, um, he basically said, yeah, things have changed. I mean, as of right now, um, we were look, we used to be able to get the, a full look at the shows, make our full decision, but we're at the point where it's so competitive, so cutthroat that we have to basically put in, pray for a hit. Um, and that was the sentiment that was echoed across uh, across the board. I mean, I heard that from Dave Williams. I heard it from Chad uh, Chad Kime or Kime, however you pronounce his name. I heard it from Jerry Chu. I mean, that was something that's like um, back at the height of the bubble, back uh, the first bubble. So it's kind of amazing to see the parallels now. Yeah. So instead of carefully sculpting the content that they offer, they basically have to make a mad grab. Yep. Uh, basically, and, and, yeah, uh, and some stuff also still is probably package deals. I mean, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure package deals still a big, still a big part of it. Oh yeah, you, you're going to get our big show, but you're going to get two or three of our tales that we don't expect to perform well, type of thing. Like, um, and it 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 becomes obvious which ones are <laughs> from the packaging de- package yeah. deals. <laughs> But I mean that that's happens. I mean, mm. I guess it's just nature of the nature of the business. Oh yeah, I I still love hearing the story. Um, I think it. I heard this in a um conversation with uh Chad Kime on one of the A and M podcasts way back in the day, where he was talking about how to get one of the high profile shows. I think it was a uh, Helsing back in the day. They had to also get Miffy, where they're sitting there saying, uh. It's basically like a little cartoon bunny, little X for a mouth. Um, very, okay. very kid friendly. I've never heard of it. Very kid friendly. Helsing comes with Miffy. Yeah, and they were trying to figure out. There must be balance in the universe. <laughs> they were trying to figure out what the hell to do with it. Yeah, one of these is not like the other. Can you guess which one? <laughs> exactly. I'd be wondering what the hell to do with it. It's like, okay, we suddenly have a kid's show. What the hell do you do with it? And that that's an untapped market too. Is some of the mm. kids shows, I well, think. But that's the problem with the kids shows is this. Um, I actually at Anime Boston talked to Lisa Ortiz, and she mentioned this. Um, the problem with the kids shows is you have to edit them for the U.S. Because unfortunately, let's be honest, U.S. kids are not Japanese kids. Yeah. Well, and, and that's only if you put it on television. Right, but that's the thing. Uh. You're you're trying to get that TV market if you're doing a kid show. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, let's be honest. If you're gonna be doing stuff for kids, it's gonna get demonized by people like us because we want the pure uncut version. Which yeah. Um, although if you, although if you're wearing, you don't get something that goes on television. You know. Oh yeah. Um, like when Funimation got Puzzle and Dragon Cross, you know that. Which I think that's a kid show though. That didn't <laughs> get on. I thought that and like you know that would be a great. I mean, I know because we have the games over here, and I'm like, you know, that would be a good show to put on TV. And then, and then there's like an episode where you see a guy's like bare ass. I'm like, well, I'm sure that gets censored out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and then of course the they haven't got the re- then they haven't got the rest watched. of it, and I was pissed. I think I was, the last pure kids show I've watched was Hamtaro. It's been a while, hasn't it? Oh, I, I'm. Mm-hmm. I, I would pay. I'd pay good money if someone brought an uncut version of that. I, I'd pay. I'd oh, pay good money for that. That show went places. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss that show. That show went places. And I, I mean... Yeah. I, but, 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's really just a, a tough situation because they're because you have these entities that when they do bring them over, let's be honest, we all shit on them. Let's uh, for better or worse, we shit on them because we want the uncut versions. We well plus well too. You also realize that we can't in some cases because it, you you go you want you're gonna want in some cases keep things consistent between it, say the games like uh, and the games in the anime. Like I'll give an example. Much as I love to see an uncut Pokemon release, that is going to happen because. Let's say, kid gets the games and say, "Oh look, it's you know, okay, I know I'm going back to Gen One Pokemon." Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say, "Oh look, it's Squirtle." Oh, oh look, hey, it's it's Pokemon. Why is this thing called? Why is this thing that we call Squirtle not called that in this it, language? Exactly, but also a lot of it's dealing with a uh, very very heavy-handed branding companies. I mean, let's be honest, it's Nintendo. Yeah, uh, and on top of that, you're dealing with uh, broadcast S and P, which. Um, Bring up one more story, just because I I seem to be full of them today. But in the 1990s, there was a Canadian show called Reboot. Um, oh yes. It was basically the first uh, TV series that was fully computer animated, and the people at Made for Entertainment, the group that made it, were constantly sparring with ABC to the point where standard practices became like the internal villain. They actually had a character in the show during season two, I think it was. That was basically spouting out uh, rejected uh, rejection quotes from their standard uh, practices division as a means of just dumping on them. Oh yeah, that's you even see that on, on you know stuff that's aimed more an adult, not like uh, like I remember one, and you even see this like on other TV shows. This is a problem. Like I remember with um, Seinfeld mentioned this with some of their extras. They mentioned, like, in in some of the episodes, they couldn't say things. And then they said a lot of times with standards of practices, it's, like, basically it's a give and take. Like, okay, I'll, I'll give you penis, but you can't say that, you know, you got to give me two of these. You know, you got to give two of these words. You know, you it's a give and take. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's like anything else. It's, it's they're going to, you know, they'll say, okay, well, you get this, okay, well, you can't do this. So it's just a give and take of what they can say, what they can get away, what they can get away with, what they can. It's just, it's a... And then of others had it, like Howard Stern made it, you know, many times. He's had problems censors, you know, over, you know, SCP he's dealt with when he was on terrestrial radio. That's, you know, you know, we don't even have to talk about those because they're numerous. Mm. Absolutely, and yeah. Fight, and his fights with the FCC, we know all about those. All right, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it is the thing with media. It's a given, I mean, it's a give and take. I mean, mm. it's, it's really with any... I think it's just the problem I, we have more with anime is because they're trying to. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to speak back for you guys, but I think it's just that you know they're westernizing it so much, and it's like, well, if I want that, I'll just watch a western cartoon. You know, I'll just, you know, right. I'll, I can, I'll watch something else. I can see that, and as well, but the problem is, unfortunately, um, you're also pitching these things to network executives that don't give a fuck. I mean, my yeah, favorite because they're all white guys; mm, they don't care. My, my favorite thing is going back to the original Money Morphin Power Rangers. Everyone says, oh yeah, it was highly Americanized, it was highly changed. Well, Marvel and Marvel Comics tried doing a a straight-up dud version of uh, Battle Fever J, which was a show that came up a couple of iterations before Power Rangers or Drew Ranger. But when they showed the dubbed adaptation, they got a response back from one of the people that was modern saying, how could you show us this garbage? You who brought us Muppet Babies. And yeah, I remember... Um I have like the first couple sets that uh, of the Power Ranger got out, and, I, and one of the interesting ones was Tony Oliver was on about 
um, talking about how you could just, they would only just use, like, they just have, like, the costumes from the story, and they use a little bit from the Japanese, but then they could basically, um, they would take that, and they could just basically make whatever story they wanted. You know, right. they had, like, almost sky, well, within, you know, reason of TV stuff, and they're aiming for their, you know, their age range, but they could just basically, sky's a limit whatever story we wanted. It's like, okay, we got this character, okay, well, let's make something with that, you know? Yeah. So they had a lot of, in some ways, they had a lot of freedoms with mm-hmm. at least, you know, just using the costume. You know, well, they had to be careful with costumes because they said sometimes they got them and they were almost falling apart. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> but yeah, they, they just basically tailored their stories because they said we could just, he's like, we just said not free reign, but he's like, we could just sort of make whatever story we wanted mm-hmm. with what we were given, you know, because they would just use whatever, you know, the, the stuff from the Japanese you know, the stuff like the battles and then everything else was just, okay, we'll just craft something around that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, honestly, it is, it is shitty. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's not. It's just, unfortunately, our, our TV industry is kind of fucked in the head, too. Well, yeah. But, I mean, that, but Martin is never going to see those uncut releases, some of those things, because, again, like I mentioned with the game, with like with Pokemon there, you don't want where the games say one thing and right. you have the anime saying something else. Right, you don't because it's going to confuse because it's going to confuse those because say like I said, if someone plays the games like, well, why are they calling this creature mm. different? We don't call it that. Mm. No, that. But you also got some spicy content that really wouldn't fly here. Yeah, because you know, well, I I have comments I can make, but we're going to refer because I don't want people coming after us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to have to de- I don't want to have to deal with the riots like they're dealing with Virginia. Ouch! Too All soon, right. dude. Sorry. Too soon. Well, well, I wasn't making any comments about Nazis. So. Too soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, on a note of branded content, um, Daisuke is apparently closing their doors on Halloween. Um, Daisuke is basically the sole North American distributor for Idol Master Cinderella Girls, as just you know, kind of try and tie in for that, but. Basically, they made that announcement, uh, and that was, here we go, uh, the first of the month, actually. Uh, ACJ announced that as of 11 a.m. Japan time on Halloween, which is technically 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Pacific on the 30th in the U.S., um, they're just gone. Lights are off. Everything's done. Um, with the last scraps of Daisuke disappearing on uh, December 15th. How uh, impacted are you guys going to feel about that? Not because I never used it. I'm crushed. I, I, mean, here, here's a th- I mean, okay. I feel bad for anyone who's going to lose their job. Mm. That's terrible. Here's my problem why I never really used Daisuke. So, they had uh, an Android app. Here's the problem with it. I had a Bondi account. So, because if you had a Bondi account, you didn't have to... S- you could sign in on the website with your account, but you couldn't do that on the Android app. You coined, and I called create account because I said you already have an account created. So I'm just like, well, guess I'm just not going to use them. So I, I really never used Dice Game. I mean, like I said, I feel bad for anyone losing their jobs, but I mean, otherwise, it's just like, well, that's the thing that's gone. Yeah, I've I've never used them either. Um. I use them once or twice, but honestly, they were such a non-factor that I forgot they existed. 
Yeah, because they really never got. I mean, I know they had a couple exclusive things. By uh, the time I started getting back into anime, I don't know, four years ago, they, yeah, they weren't even anywhere on my map. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, honestly, uh, they they were they were a thing. That's about all I can say. Um, they existed. They had a couple of unique shows, but I, I don't. I still don't see what the point of the service was um, when we have not one, not two, but three very viable streaming platforms already. Um, with uh, Funimation now, we have Crunchyroll, we have whatever High Dive and ends up being next, you know? It's just, at this point, they were literally they were literally a solution for a problem nobody had. Yeah, because, I mean, it's already... Yeah, because, I mean, in here, I think it was always good for some people, like, in countries where, like, Crunchyroll didn't have shows or Funimation streamed stuff. I think they, you know, were able to get shows in those regions, but I mean, just here, here in North America, the market's so crowded. And... Right. I mean, I could definitely see that being more important for international markets because yeah, like Southeast Asia. I think it was they got a lot of shows mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia that Crunchyroll didn't have. Yeah, that that's that's the big loss. They're going to be certain because this was originally ACJ. I mean, they were an industry group that was devoted to just spreading the word of anime and combating piracy. Um, that all kind of changed when Bandai Namco bought them out, apparently. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I feel bad for anybody who's going to lose their legal way of consuming anime. Hmm. Likewise. Um, Why? Well, actually, I want to bring this back with... I, I don't want to bring this back to Funimation and Sony. I actually was just thinking of something. Um... So Sony owns Animax, really owns part of it, mm-hmm. and I know that um, you know they air like some Funimation stuff and other company stuff. So now the fact that so you know that uh, Sony's going to have a controlling stake in Funimation, that might mean we might see more stuff on Animax. So in some cases, you might see some of the market, you know, you know, you might start to see Southeast Asia get a bit of. Um, uh, you know they might they might get start get more Funimation stuff. Very true. That that is a, yeah. just that is a possibility. Yeah, well, but they've showed other stuff there. They've showed stuff like Sentai's licensed, uh, like they show K on and that terrible Animax stuff that it got. Um, or or the bad terrible or the bad Animax stuffs for Gun and Build Fighters and Build Fighters Try, which are garbage. Oh man, Animax's dubs. Those are legendary. Um, yeah. Although uh, Nadomi, uh, the one you were talking about earlier, I suppose it was the best one, but. Mm. But I guess that's not saying much when all of them sound like something you used to hear at CPM doing the 90s. It's not hard to. Yeah, I mean. It, it's kind of bad when the best compliment you can give is it reminds me of something I heard in the 90s. <laughs> um, honestly, I uh, I've seen several of their dubs. Think because uh, in the last days of Bondi, we started seeing the Animax dubs pop up instead of the bespoke dubs from say Ocean or something like that. So yeah, we got yeah those three uh, those 
two or three Omex stubs we got, which were terrible. Oh, God, yeah, Dando. And Karen. And Karen, yeah. Um, and, and I still, I'm still pissed at that anime. <laughs> that ending still pisses me to this day. <laughs> which I recommend, if you haven't read the manga, I do recommend that. Mm. The manga's yeah, the manga is very good. It's a uh, chibi vampire in the US, isn't it? Or they renamed it? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it's called. That's, the anime was just called Karen, but yeah, it's yeah. chibi vampire. All right, just want to make sure I got my name conventions right there. Um, but yeah, yeah. the manga is good. Um, the anime ends on a frustrating note, to say lightly. Um, it it just pissed, it just pissed me off because it was like uh, spo- spoilers for the ending here. It pissed me off because it's like it was built this heartfelt thing, and it's like. Nope, vampires just got better constitution. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I nearly, I, well, I was in my mom's, I was out my mom's room watching it. That happened. I nearly, I almost took the remote and threw it through the TV. <laughs> so I was like, fuck you. That, you were on the good end. Maybe it would have still been sad if they died and that was it. That still would have been terrible. But it's like, you're built up to it. And it's like, no, oh, fuck you. We're going to, we're going to do 180. It's like, ugh. <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes that... when you get endings like that, you just wonder if the creators ran out of steam or coffee or booze or some kind of coping mechanism. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> well, some of it's also too because when you have stuff that's not finished, hmm. you know, you're either with the original ending or go read the manga ending. So it's yeah. kind of a. But even we that... can just smell the good enough from yeah. here, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, there there's a difference between having. And a good net ending, and having an ending that actually closes the series. I mean, honestly, yeah, we all hate the read the manga for more information stories because let's be honest, nine out of ten of us he, uh, are not going to be reading that manga. Yeah, I don't really read manga anymore. But I'd rather take that over something that's so half-assed that you know it's that you know it's not supposed to be there. I mean. I've seen my share of those anime original endings, and they are fucking awful half the time. I mean, they just... You can tell that these people weren't expecting to have to write it, is the best way of putting it. Yeah, which is really funny, because they start out knowing the material they're going to have at the beginning of the season. Exactly. And it's even more egregious in a 26-episode series. Like, look, you got... You got two, two. You got two courses to fucking do it. You had more than enough time to write a real goddamn ending to the show. Yes. And I'm. I'm not just saying it's a dump on Karen. I'm saying it's a dump on all shows like that. Cause... Oh, um. Back with uh, I was checking with the uh, Nodami Kentali called uh, Siren Visual. Ah. Oh. I haven't heard the dub. Were you talking about the dub before? No, we were talking. We mentioned before who licensed in Australia. Oh, okay. Uh, all I know from that one is it's like the best one Animax has done. So, but that's not saying much. So, yeah, that's like saying that your car only has th- two busted pistons instead of a blown motor. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, honestly, we have some winners in the US for dubs too. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've got Garzy's Wing, which is a national treasure with how bad it is. And we've got Food Wars. Uh, I haven't listened to... So, uh... uh the preview they gave oh, no. was more than enough. 
Yeah, I know I haven't watched anything Food Wars related either, so. Have you guys watched the live action Nodame? It's no. actually pretty good. I haven't yet, but it's on my to-do list. Yeah. No, because I usually really don't watch. I usually don't watch most of those because we don't get most of those live action things. So, um, mm. anime uh, ones, so I don't usually watch them. It's on. Uh, it's Crunchy had it last time I knew. Huh, I'll check it out. Yeah, that's cute. It's it's pretty well done for. I I clicked on it with great trepidation, but I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. I don't know if I was in a masochistic mood or something. But yeah. Mm. Actually, no. Uh, look at the dub. The reason it was the best one. Uh, uh, and the Dominican. Um, that one there apparently was looks like it was a California dub. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm looking here. We have like um, Karen Strassman, uh, Laura Bailey, Mona Marshall's in there. There's like a bunch of people. Nice. Huh. Interesting. Dick Mignogna, Bryce Pratt, there's a bunch of people in there, so. Who, where is the dub right now? I didn't see it on, um, It's Amazon. not, it's not, it's, um, it says Internet Streaming Crackle, I don't know if it's on there, it aired in AMX Asia, so that was probably... Oh, okay. Mm. Sometimes you get those weird things where we don't get, like, where two different people do dubs, like one for here and one for elsewhere, mm -hmm. like Dragon Ball Super, where we have, well... Otacron 5000, which is Chris Abbott's studio, does all, like, the Dragon Ball stuff now. He, you know, they're doing the stuff here for US, but then, like, Bang Zoom's doing, you know, Dragon Ball Super for everywhere else. Mm. Which kind of, I'm not kind of sure why on that, but... Uh, oh, I wanted to check it out. Yeah, it's, I'm guessing it's just a competition thing, like, they don't want to have to pay the fees to whomever to... Pulling the dub. I mean, could be. It's kind then of. Again, they, they did the same thing with Kai, where it was like stuff was done here, but then like all the other stuff I think like international was done like up at Ocean Group. Right. It's a good candidate for a dub, though. Hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, the dice game. You know, bad for those people who worked it or liked it. For the rest of us, yeah. Anyway, any final thoughts on this uh, Daisuke, the Daisuke closure, or... No. <laughs> Alright, yeah. We, we wish the employees the best, but we just won't miss the service much. <laughs> Alright, and one last bit today. Um, this weekend, that we're recording is Otakon. Uh, thousands upon thousands of people filed to DC for their first the, the first Otakon in the city, which is fantastic. They've been needing a bigger venue for a long time, but um, but yeah, there's been some surprising news come out, um, and surprising to me, I actually got a good night's sleep this weekend, because usually I'm up till the wee hours in the morning transcribing. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to reach out to see what you guys thought was the biggest reveal for you, for each of you. Um, well, for me, there was a couple. Uh, I think the two biggest for me were that uh, Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny are getting new dubs um, to match the remat because uh, they're going to release the remaster version at some point next year. 
Uh, and because the remastered version of those shows doesn't gel or doesn't match up perfectly with the original ones, because a two less episodes and um, some stuff split, you know, stuff's done differently. Um, that was a surprise, and some people seem to be pissed about that. Um, for me, the other thing was that well, we have uh, we learned that Gundam Wing is getting a very expensive uh, release at the, at the end of the year. Mm, Two hundred fifty dollars SRP, one seventy yeah. something right now. One seventy five. Um, which I will say it's a very nice set. Uh, I, that said, I'm not getting the set because I don't like Wing all that much. It it didn't age well, and I didn't. I watched it. I think too late into my time as an anime fan to really have an effect on me. Like I only just watched Wing like for the first time like five years ago. Like I I saw an episode like one episode like 17 years ago. When it was airing on Tsunami. Yeah. I, I, and, think, I mean, it was in the middle of the, It was like sort of in the early episode, but that was like my first exposure to Gundam, at least in that perspective. But it didn't really like. I was. I kind of didn't know what was going on. Um, I did pre order the regular sets because I just. I'm not justifying spending that much money on a show I don't like. Mm. Uh, the other news I was very happy about is that we're getting G Gundam next year on Blu ray because I've. From what I've seen, the pictures that looks a hell of a lot better than the 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 last Bondi sets they put out. Dude, you could you could literally just draw and crown and look better than the Bondi sets at this point. Yeah, I mean I've seen it. I mean it's like massively it's, different. I, mean, it, I like I'm not a big, not a huge fan of like the alternative continuity Gundams. Mm. G Gundam is one of my favorites. Like that is just always one of my favorite shows mm. of, of the franchise. I, I'm just gonna be so glad when I get that in my those Blu-rays in my hand. Mm. G Gundam was a lot of fun. I mean, I think it, it's, yeah, it, it's campy as all hell, but I love it. Well, yeah, because it, it's basically what if Gundam was still super was actually super robot. Exactly, and it's just it's in some ways it's kind of just generally hilarious to see how some of it plays out too. Like it's well, yeah, you can tell that they just said screw it, it's going in. I mean, yeah, and uh, it's also the most what? racing going. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's last. Yeah, I'm gonna. That's the thing too. A lot of fun ethnic stories to be had. Oh yeah, no one is but safe. It, yeah, but that said, it's it's. A, I like it. It's a, it's campy and it's fun. And then and they and when they created it, their the love for it shows. I mean, it's not just like, yeah, okay, let's just get this out. Hmm. I mean, I love. I mean, it's one of my favorites. You know, at least at least from the alternative continuity, the the non UC stuff, it's one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, I mean, there was some other stuff I saw, like Viz Lice is something I thought Sentai was going to get. Um, Mister Osamatsu. Yeah, that, that does to me seem like something Sentai would have licensed, but mm. I, I was mis- I was mistaken on that one. Now I know from what Mike Tool said, we're not episode because they didn't get the first episode in the Japanese release, so. Mm. Yeah, that that saddens me because that first episode was brilliant. I what was the reason why it didn't? Uh, well, the thing is, in Japan there is no parody law. You have to get permission from the creators to do a parody, and Gintama's gotten in trouble for this for a lot of times actually, and <laughs> um, where they just went off half cocked and did it. But um, some of the parodies, particularly for Attack on Titan in episode one, and episode two was Anpanman. Uh, got to the point where it had started getting the legal gears grinding. They actually had to make public 
apologies and retract the episode, the first episode, and heavily alter the second, which is kind of sad because I like. I mean, one of my favorite moments that show no longer exists in it, where it shows a Decapon man trying trying to feed, uh, trying to give this uh, girl a Caranto, which in the way they draw it, it looks like she's trying to give him a turd. I mean, he's trying to give her a turd. It was just a stupid visual gag, but I thought it was hilarious. Uh, yeah, but that was it really for me for stuff I was really surprised mm-hmm. by. Hmm. Uh, I was I was happy that um, that Discotech rescued one of Yoshitoshi's Yoshitoshi Abe's uh, titles. Nia. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Rescue me. <laughs> Nia under I'm seven. Dying. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's a good show. Um, that's one where uh, it was one of those pioneer babies that just disappeared once Jenny went belly up, which is a crying shame because I I stand by anything by Abe puts out, whether it's High Body yeah. Reme or um, even though he just did character designs on Lane, um, anything he touches tends to be quality. It's this is actually one that I missed of his and um and so I'm I'm really happy to have a, a legal chance of experiencing it. Mm, I am right with you. I missed it back in my high school days cuz well, I was a poor ass poor ass uh high school kid at the time. I mean, we're talking at a time when you'd get 3 to 4 episodes for thir- for 30 bucks, you know. Yeah. So, exactly. And I never watched the series, so seems I've missed out. Yeah, I I actually watched it when it went up to Viewster, and I'm glad I did. Um, it's sadly no longer up there, but uh, it it is really freaking good. Well, hopefully, hopefully they'll put up on Crunchyroll, and I'll check it out. I hope so. That's a show that deserves a wider a wider release. That's when it. Um, that people should be watching. All right. How about you? You, you got to see it all. What were you most <laughs> about? Uh, there. Were, honestly, like I said, the biggest thing that made me happy was the fact that I could get some sleep because the <laughs> the amount of the the number of announcements was incredibly tainous here. So anyway, joking aside, um, there were a couple of big surprises for me. Number one was uh, Nozomi and Pi Piper are working together on a Kickstarter to dub Arya the Animation. Now, I say this, I like Arya, but it's the anime equivalent of Lithium. It's a show that you will watch and you will fall asleep while watching. And that's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm kind of glad that they're trying to work to kind of get that out to more people because... Well, yeah, that's cured a lot of insomnia for me. <laughs> uh, but nice. Otherwise, um, I'd probably say the big ones were Discotech putting out this 30th anniversary edition of Robot Carnival, where they're getting both uh, trying to get as much as they can. They're putting together a new documentary that tr- for it. They're playing around with uh, branching paths to see if they can get the original plus the two different streamlined cuts in there. They're 
they had Justin Savakis and another player completely rematch this thing with a brand new 2K Master. Um, Robot Carnival is one of those absolute landmarks. Um, it's a very important film because this is one of those things where back in the day you had nine different creators that they basically gathered. Um, let me see. It was some really big names at the time, including Katsuhiro Otomo, who did uh, obviously Akira Steam Boy. You had Kojimor, uh You had uh, uh, Yasuomi Umetsu, the guy that did Kite and Metsu 4. You had... Uh, <clears throat> Koji Morimoto. I mean, it was a who's who of anime of uh, anime names coming together for this one overarching pr project. It was beautiful. It was poignant. It would rip your hearts out of points. It was fantastic. I, I mean, I am looking forward to that very hot, very much so. Hmm. Otherwise, I'd probably say. While Gundam Wings, while NYV's Redouble Seed is fantastic, while Gundam Wings Big Box Set is really cool, um, I'd probably say the biggest surprise of this weekend came from Discotech again, who announced that Team Four Stars actually produced an English dub for Hells, um, which came out of left field because I mean Team Four Star is best known for doing you know. Dragon Ball Bridge, Hellsinger Bridge, Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. They, they're, they definitely know what they're doing, but I don't think I've ever seen them do like a straight-up serious work, like that, like serious adaptation like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Lydia. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to agree. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm more or less just nervous to see how they do because... Over, I would say, really the last several years, we've started to see um, people who aren't voice actors by trade or, you know, have any real professional training or start, well, I, don't, I shouldn't say professional training, but people who are doing, like, YouTube shows or such as that, we're starting to see them do anime work. Um, you know, Funimation did with Attack on the first season of Attack on Titan. They brought in, um, you know, some people who done... Um, you know, they've done some YouTube shows. Then we have stuff like Super Sonico from Sentai, which had, you know, Jessica uh, Nagiri or however her last name is. I can't even pronounce it. Nagiri. Nagiri, yeah. You know, she did that. Um, you know, and we've also started to see people who've done these, like, bridge shows, you know, those type of things now are starting to do voice acting. You know, they're starting to get, they're starting to come in the talent pool. So I am interested in perspective how Team Four Star ham does. Now I've I've never heard anything they've done. Like I don't watch Bridge series anymore. I got it out of that phase years and years ago. So I don't know how their quality is. I'm assuming obviously if they're being picked, they're, they're good quality. Um, they do good work. Uh, yeah, but I'm not unsurprised that we wouldn't see you know a group like this get picked because as I said, we've we're starting to see that you know people doing these shows now. These like British shows are now starting to do you know voiceover work and you know in anime. So I guess it was really a matter of time. It wasn't really I guess a matter of if it's just a matter of when you would see one of these groups get picked to do something. Very true, but I I, I think I'm more shocked that it's Team Four Star because um, honestly they they already do quite well for themselves. Um, 
and they tend to have a very busy slate with um, just their straight up bridge series. Not to mention their their let's play runs, their sideshows, stuff like that. They keep they they get work. Um, they do work, which kind of shocked me. Um, and Hell's does seem to be right up their their alley. Um, it's an interesting interesting feature, um, but the tone, the overall presentation would work with what they do. I think. And, and that's that's part of the reason why I'm happy to see, um, I guess, what would you call them side players? Is that insulting? I don't know. Mm. Into the voice industry, because uh, the more variety there are, there is, you know, um, the more specific and the best fits we can get. I don't want to call them. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily say side players. I mean, getting They're newer... not in the major groups, you know, well, that yeah, Funimation I mean... regularly accesses. Or... Well, yeah, well, I mean, we're starting to see those people who do some of that stuff and are starting to get into that. You know, they're getting into mm. the... You know, they're starting to get into the... the becoming a ta- They're starting to get into the talent pool. Maybe not on a regular basis, but starting to get in there. So I think that's, that's good because we're starting to see more talent come in. And it's not that the talent we have now is bad. I mean, it's 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 really good talent, but it's starting to see new, you know, newer faces, newer you know, newer people into the you know, coming in and doing into the. Now I don't know who I know they're. Tell me this, so I don't know if it's something like that they're doing remotely, or if it's something like they're going to somebody's studio to do stuff because I don't know where Team Four Stars located. Like I don't know. I don't think they're all probably together, so I assume they're probably all. Um, you know, they don't. You know, they're all probably different locations. So, I mean, it could be a case where, and we know some places do it, um, where they, you know, they have like you know studios in their home and they record stuff there and send it in. Because mm. I know that's how Bryce Papperbrook does some of his. Uh, when he gets picked for you know, for some of those for Funimation, he does stuff out of his home out in California. Um, and we know, um, I think they're the same thing with Todd Havercorn because he has his own studio out there. But I'm just curious to what group, what like recording studio is actually like handling the, the dub. That's what I'm kind of. I'd imagine they're going to be doing it internally um, with among their team, their own setup. By the way, they phrase it. Well, yeah, but I mean, I hmm. like. Yeah, I, I, I believe I'd imagine that it's going to be just straight up their current process with, uh, because their quality is fantastic. Like overall, their quality is fairly good, and I wouldn't be shocked if they just you know did that, sent it out, sent out the finished recording to them. I'm just speculating at this point, though. This got me. Sorry, I'm quiet because I'm looking up to see what uh, what Christy reads up to. Speaking of doves, but yeah, the 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 more variety, the better. I think. Hmm. Definitely. Agreed. 
Let's see. What else hit this week? I mean, that those are like the, the big ones for me. Um, there was one that kind of went under the radar, but uh, I know... Is it Bananya? <laughs> Bananya is the most important anime ever. Let's <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, I, I, I think what's interesting with that one is Mike Tool's dubbing that. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. Which is good for him. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad for him to see that happening. Yeah. He's dubbing Bananya? He's doing the narration, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's a good guy. So, so is this is this a creepy cute or is it just a cute cute? It's cute cute. It's very cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it cute enough to make my brain melt? Probably. Oh lord! I would have to watch it. It's up on Crunchyroll. No, really? Yep. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm totally not gonna go look at this before bed tonight. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I think the one thing that kind of hit me. Um, I don't think this is actually really talked up anywhere, but um, at the beginning of the Tercy panel yesterday, uh, uh. Robert Wood had confirmed that they're working on an HG remaster for the irresponsible Captain Tyler. Well, uh, I think I mentioned before because I know they mentioned they said earlier in the year. I think they're on, they're going to be not. Um, Nozomi's not going to be doing like any more DVD releases, including Blu-ray only. Right. Which, let's be honest, it's it's time. Yeah. It it's only well, been it's only been what ten years now. Yeah. Plus, um. Plus, you know, Discotech's been sort of doing with uh, SD on Blu-ray. I don't know how that... I, I, I say that. I don't know how it happens yet, I, or how that looks. You know, I have something that... One of their Samurai Pizza Cats, which they released that way, and I've yet to watch it, but... Um, yeah, it's serviceable. Yeah, I mean, that might be an option that... I mean, maybe... I, mean, I heard some before. I know they were mentioning... Before they were doing a... Uh, uh, remake of Irresponsible Captain Tyler. I I don't remember what I don't remember when it was announced. I don't want to say any. I don't think it was, but I can't remember specifically when it was. It was recent. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it was around AX. It might have been. I know it definitely slipped under my radar, which is kind of a shame because I friggin' love Captain Tyler. Um, I I I adore that show more than I really should. Um. But it's, been, it's been a long time since I've watched. I still watch White Christmas every year. That's still my favorite Christmas special, I think. But yeah, that that made me happy to see. Anything else stand out to you guys, or? No, I was pretty calm. Relatively speaking. Yeah, I was. I thought we'd get more announcements, but yeah. After, I mean, honestly, um, I was kind of worried when I saw the giant torrent of stuff from Aniplex of America because they just hit pow, 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 pow. Like, I actually saw the presses hit my inbox. Like, boom, 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 boom. And like, oh shit, it's gonna be a busy weekend. <laughs> um. So I'm I'm kind of glad as a 
as a writer, I'm kind of glad because it means that I could actually sleep this year. So, hooray. Hooray. But I'm hoping this doesn't turn into a trend where we end up having literally everything hit at AX. Because then I won't sleep at AX. (laughs) Do you normally? Um, probably not. No. Let's see. <laughs> I don't think Let's see. During AX, my average time to get to sleep was around 3 in the morning this year. Um, uh, go, going back to AX, I was right. They did announce do that. All right, cool. So I must have just missed the announcement. That it, that, that was it, a nice surprise. Yeah, two, it'll be... Uh... Yeah, the TV series and the ten-part OVA have released the two Blu-ray discs in 2018. I'll be buying it. I probably will too. I'm a sucker for that show. I need to rewatch it one of these days. <laughs> I'm too busy with too busy with other things. Mm. I'm too I'm too busy I'm too busy with the Gundam. Yeah. Uh, it's a good problem to have, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it, it, well, when you have like eight reviews. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Anthony here. I do feel his pain because I... He has, to, he has to add up my reviews. <laughs> well, not only that, but let's be honest. I, I've i been putting out, what is it, five to six articles a day for the past eight months, so I don't have much time to watch anime anymore. <laughs> it sends me. Yeah, well, my shift changes. I mean, I'm, I'm actually... It's interesting because... I'm actually still managing to watch anime during the de- during because now I work a different shift than I have been. But now it ends up being more that I get I watch anime before I go to work, and then if, if I have time, I'm usually watching anime after I get off. So mm. in Riley, it's in a way a win-win because the way it was before, it was I only watch after I get off work because I'm not going to be getting up say when I was getting up like say five thirty, I'm not going to be getting up and watch anime before I have to be at work at seven. Right. Where now, since I don't go in till 9.30, I get usually an episode or two of something in before I go to work, and then if I have time, and I, I get I get an episode of something in, and then my weekends end up being the bulk, end up being the bulk of my watch periods. Mm. And you're spending that precious time right now on Kado. You son of a bitch. Hey, I, I have all the back, backlog. <laughs> hey, so I got backlog shows. I got seven shows this season I'm watching. One which I'm not dropping because we talk about it. Mm. This one, it it starts out okay, and then you're gonna regret it. I'll so reserve. I'll reserve. Ju- I'll reserve judgment. Correct. My taste, my tastes are odd, so I'm gonna reserve judgment. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing it later. If only for <laughs> another chance to trash the show. <laughs> Um, but yeah, my, my watch schedule now has changed a bit, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of watching. It's just I'm watching it differently, but I'm really enjoying Sayuki Reload Blast this season. I think I have like I have, I think, like eight shows this season I'm watching. Let's wow. see. I've got four or five. Let's see. I've got <sighs> Classroom of the Elite. Um, new game, season two, just because... Well, How's it? 
Um, watch the first season, see if you like it, because it's diff- it's basically more of the same. Um, okay. It I felt I kind of fell in love with just the general workplace comedy because it's what I do. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Restaurant to Another World, which I'm really really digging. Yeah, um, I love that show. Um, I was I was wrong. Actually, I've sat. I originally had eight, but I actually show. Let's see. Uh, I did start Saki Reload Blast with on a latest recommendation. So yeah, I think that's four. Um, there might be one I'm forgetting, probably a short form or something. But yeah, I have I have seven. Yeah. One I, being Hostel from the Elite, which if it really wasn't for this weekly discussion, because <laughs> the only because the only other show I drop is Gamers. I dropped Gamers like a hot potato. I just didn't find it funny. No, I tried watching. I'm like, why? Am, why am I wasting my time? Yeah, I, I got to the end and I'm like, yeah, no. Mm. Uh, let's see, what do I got? I got well, Classroom of the Elite. Uh, Bryson's another role, which is great. Um, a Sunchar's Life, which I'm liking. Uh, fastest Figure First. Um, Tenshino 3P. Uh, now this one I switched over to the dub because I actually liked it a lot better. Uh, my first girlfriend, gal. It was my Thursday show. Now it's my Sunday show. Is uh, Convenience Store Boyfriends. I just noticed something. Hmm? Whenever it talks about the show we discuss for our weekly meeting, we have that defeated sigh at the end. Well, not all of them. <laughs> not all the shows. Well, no, this this particular one, no. Well, this one, yes, because none of us, because I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I, I was happy, like I was, like, I was happy talking about Drifters. Oh, yeah, I love I Drifters. I talking about Dragon's Mates, because that was great, and I love mm. talking yes. about Scooter, because that was fun. Oh, yeah. This show, this show it's just like, no. <laughs> this show, we're all sitting there like, why? 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 Like, I... I think I've had more profanity-fueled rants during the meetings with this show than any other. <laughs> and yet, uh, yeah, and I'm getting, you know, and our last one, which, we, you know, I talked about something, which I know happened about. When I was talking about the Ice Queen lady was talking about fighting multiple people. Yeah. Which is true, because I used to study karate, so, and I know all about, you know, attacking multiple people is a lot harder than just attacking one person. Hmm. It's. It, I mean, I don't want to be sitting here judging the show, but I'm gonna sit here and judge the show. It's, it's a half-assed attempt at being smart. I mean, they try and put in these big character turns, and it just, it doesn't work because they roll okay, them right okay. back. I have, I have an interesting angle here. Let's, let's look at it from this. Are we this fed up with it because we're old? Like, if we looked at it through young, fresh eyes, would we still be fed up with it? I think so. I I would yeah, too, well, I think, yeah. Well, I, I, and I was saying this yesterday in our discussion. I don't know how much this has, because this is a, a, a light novel adaptation. So, I don't know how much of this is, um, you know, an issue of, it's the fawns of the light novel. Because, I mean, that's a possibility. I think I might have still been upset, although I... 
I think it's my issue is just because meritocracy doesn't actually exist. Mm. And and when I was a lot younger, I had a lot of different political opinion than I do now. I leaned in a completely different direction. So I think maybe in my younger days, I might have liked it. Like when I was an early, I thought of it like, you know, one of those like deep shows. And then now I don't because that has nothing to do with me because I lean far to the left. It's just simply I'm, I'm not happy with the show because just, well, it's not a great show. I think it's just super frustrating for me because they take something that could be interesting and they seize it and they dangle it in front of us and then they mm. drop it and like never mind and then yes. they wander away <laughs> yes <laughs> like, exactly and the one interesting character that's left is the goddamn teacher and we only get <laughs> 20 seconds of her per episode now which I mean I love her she's amoral she she has this very dim look on the world like any normal person would I'm, I'm 100% sure that she has a soft heart that's completely eclipsed by her uh, incurable cynicism. Exactly. I mean, I like yeah. her. Um, and, the, and the problem is that this is a show that's afraid to lean into what it does. I mean... Yeah. And it brings these big revelations on, like, that. Like, episode... The one, the one I keep going back to is, is Kushida, because it's the best example. I mean, you have this girl, I called it in episode one, I said, oh yeah, she's going to turn heel, because she was like Miss Sunshine and Rainbows and Bogum Happiness in a place where unicorn farts don't fucking exist. But they do this sun turn to the point where it's almost comical, like... Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I facepalm so hard. <laughs> To the point where it's literally comical, and then they forget. They just, <laughs> they just act like it never happened after that, at all. I mean, you don't see anything of it in her. You don't hear any talk of it from the characters anymore. I mean, you see little things like, oh, you answer this person right away. Well, no shit, she's got black. But anyway, but it's like, what? Well, well, the main, the main character, I think, is she, she threatened she was gonna. Yeah. Threaten that he raped her. Exactly, but I mean that's. So a, he's always. Then again, he doesn't seem like he yeah. gives a shit about anything. So yeah, I mean he's a type of person where he'd take that position like, okay, that happens. Let's be honest. The guy's got the personality of wet Kleenex. I mean, I he mean, got fucking stabbed, and his only thing was L. Yeah, I mean this is a guy whose favorite ice popsicle flavor is going to be plain. Let's be honest. But yeah, I mean, and they just drop it. I mean. That's potential for a very interesting character dynamic where you have this girl that's literally just acting like a happy, perfect, cheerful bogum person in public, but deep down harbors this resentment and loathing. And if they handle it better, it could be an interesting, multifaceted character, but nope, that didn't happen. We're just back to happy-go-lucky. Even when yeah. the two characters are 100% alone, it happens. Yeah. So, like, I can't even go through the entire episode and be bored because it's constantly doing things to to not so much anger me, but irritate me slightly. Mm. And then it doesn't even irritate me completely. Like, I can't get a complete anything from this show. Exactly. It's annoying. <laughs> well, except for, except for that bit where Kushida did the... They, how they whole ha how they handled that whole scene did completely anger me. Oh yeah, that was awful. That was legitimately insulting. Refer to our chat 
for that. Yeah, refer to the meeting for episode three. There will be a link in the show notes, guys. <laughs> that that was the most distinct. I was not part of that episode because I was not feeling well. I think that was one where I just started ranting for a while. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. It, and I think a lot of the frustration stems from the fact that we all see a nugget of a potentially good show here, that just mm-hmm. is just too afraid to embrace it. Yep. Like, I don't. I think honestly, my biggest frustration isn't bad shows because I can enjoy a bad show if I take it for what it is. I can. What really irritates me is a show that has potential to be really fucking good. And just doesn't take it. Yeah, we don't want to blow it off, but we kind of have to. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to dump on the show. I want to like it, but at the same time, it keeps doing things that infuriate me as a viewer, as a critic. The animation is so good, too. Yes. And the the con- facial expressions and the eyes, all the eyes are mm. gorgeous. And, and again, the concept is fantastic. I mean, I like the idea where... You're in this doggy dog, this doggy dog world where, I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's how any corporation works. You kind of scheme and you know. <laughs> There's so many plots that could happen yes. there, and instead they waste time yes. on how non-personality the main character yes. is. And not only that, but they oh. they waste time on characters nobody gives a fuck about. I mean, I don't care about pseudo. Do you? Which one's that? The basketball player that screams at people. I thought he was okay because he's the <laughs> only one that has the sense to actually rage about this ridiculous system. Yeah, true. I mean, because I'd be raging too because meritocracy doesn't mm. exist. But that's right. So I thought he was about. interesting for at least expressing mm. the sensible reaction. Fair enough. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got you know, indifference make a difference face, and he doesn't. His default expression is meh. Yeah, he, did, he and, just. And he's not even like a natural meh. He's he's try he tries so hard <sighs> to be that meh to oh, the yeah. point where he even has to convince himself by talking to himself in a meh voice. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to bring political stuff in here, but for God's sakes, Mike Pence has got more personality than him. Whoa! Shot I don't, and I don't like my, and I don't like Mike. I hate Mike. He's got the enthusiasm of a wet paper bag, and he's got more than the, the main. Shots fired. Yeah. At he's this got more character. than MC here. Yeah. Says that. I, I say that not when to throw up on my own. Right. Throw up here on my uh, computer. All right, the guy has no personality at all. I mean, don't forget this is also the guy who got two phone numbers from probably the two most attractive girls in class, and he said, "I got two phone numbers from girls." Oh no. These are my first phone numbers from the girls. I guess I'll keep them. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and that they waste time on showing us that. What is the point? I don't understand besides showing us what a douche he's trying too hard to be. I don't know. I know. I mean, God, it's it's awful. So yeah. And yeah, it's just we 
we want it to be good, we're just not seeing it. Tiny, tiny little sparks of potential. Only to be deliberately stepped on and squashed. And yep. then doused with water. Oh, yeah. That was a little histrionic. But sometimes that's how <laughs> I felt. Oh, I think it's pretty common. Among the, the group here. It's just... We want to like it, but we can't. It, you know, it's... It, it's like that. It's like that kitten that smells like garbage. You want to love it because because there, there's a lot to love, but it smells like garbage. <laughs> Aw. That poor kitten. Yes, it has the it has the cuteness factor too. Mm. With a good animation. Exactly. There's there's just so much potential it gets wasted, oh, and it wow. sends me. We'll, we'll get to gripe about it again next Saturday. Yep, that we will. For the next, For the next few weeks. Until it's done. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to binging on Hellgirl, though. Oh, God, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I had to stop because, like, I want more now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I hovered my finger over the first episode play, and then I'm like, no, if I do this, I'm really going to hate myself. At the mm. end of so, yeah. <sighs> Shoot. Any final thoughts this week? No. No. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's our show, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Till next time. This is Mike Price signing off. This is Anthony Simpson signing our bye bye. Lydia Rivers, everybody stay shiny and uh, give your neighbors a hug this week, okay? Mm. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. Night night. <sighs> I can't believe we just started dumping on classroom with the lead again. <laughs> yeah, well, I. I